Hello and welcome to episode 202 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now coming up on today's episode, I welcome back a guest that has previously been on Mark and Me, the incredible frontman from the amazing band Silverstein. Yes, I'm joined by Shane Told. This is an amazing interview and a band that I absolutely love. And as it stands, and you will hear this on the episode and I stand by it, their brand new album, which is out now, is called Misery Made Me. And it really is at the moment my album of the year. It's absolutely phenomenal. And you can see and hear just how much of their heart they've put into this record. And every single song could be a single. I absolutely adore it. So to know that I'm interviewing Shane today is a dream come true. And I'm so glad that he's joined me again on the Mark and Me podcast. And that interview will come up in just a couple of moments time. But in true typical Mark and Me fashion, I always like to use the intro for each and every episode to discuss my previous episode. And I was joined on episode 201 by Eskil Vart. We got to sit down and talk all about his brand new film, which I think right now is one of the horrors of the year. It's an absolute masterpiece and it's called The Innocence. I've seen some people that listen to the episode go and check out the film and they absolutely loved it. And I love reading the comments on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So please keep them coming if you've discovered that film because of the Mark and Me podcast. But today is all about Silverstein. And this is a welcome back for one of my favourite guests that I've had on the podcast before, Shane Told. So I think the best thing to do is to get straight to it. So here's me and Shane talking all things Silverstein. So Shane, thanks for joining me yet again on the Mark and Me podcast. Mark, it's nice to be back, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. I just looked; it was two years and one month ago that you came on, which has just flown by. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to remember exactly. So that that means we were just entering the COVID. We just point? literally started to find out that it was more than just a rumor, and the world wasn't quite ready to shut down. So it was a bit crazy. I uh, think we were just talking like as normal about recording and promoting and right. playing shows again, and then the whole world went to shit. So I don't know. Maybe we cursed it with that interview. I don't know. Yeah, it's, well, let's blame ourselves. Yeah, probably it was probably us. But how are you? I mean, <laughs> two years have gone by, and it's not been great. You've probably felt like you couldn't get out there and do what you do best you couldn't go out and play shows has it felt like you were restricted and just locked away it must have been pretty shit it was it was very shit uh, in fact uh what happened man was we put out that album may 6th misery um not because you made me that's the one we put out i've been saying (laughs) it so much i i've been saying it so much it's just like rolling off my tongue even when it's wrong uh the last album beautiful place to drown you know march 6th 2020 quite literally the worst time in human history to put out an album. Yeah. Uh, and the world shut down like a week later, we were in the middle of, you know, our, our 20th anniversary tour, biggest tour we've ever done. And we had to pack it up. Um, just about 10 shows into that tour and, uh, head home. And dude, it was very depressing, man. Um, the uncertainty of what was happening, the, the, the timing of it for us, it was very, very, it was brutal. And, um, you know, of course it, now, I mean, we, we know what happened, but back then we didn't know what was going to happen. Was it, was it going to be a couple weeks, you know, it's just 14 days and yeah. we're flatten the curve and everything's going to be back to normal. Well, we know that that's not right. That's not true. Um, you know, so yeah, man, it, it was, it was really hard kind of navigating through the last couple of years. 
figuring out what else to do, um, how to promote an album with, with out touring, which we've never done. Um, and then, you know, everything else, just, just figuring out, okay, if we can't tour, if we can't do what we, the thing we've been doing for, for like the last 17 years at that point, it's like, okay, what can we do? So a lot of adjustments, a lot of weird stuff that we tried. Um, a lot of it was successful. A lot of it was fun too, but there was always this underlying, you know, like, well, we'd rather be doing what we always do. And, yeah. uh, you know, now, now with the new record out, uh, you know, we just toured the States, the masks are gone. You know, um, it, it really feels like we're back to normal, which is, it feels pretty damn good to be honest. So during, during that time, a lot of people I spoke to, if they're writers or artists or musicians, kind of reevaluated everything because everything was taken away from them. Um, mm -hmm. Did it have that impact on you or were you just left eager to get back to what you love? Or did it make you kind of think, how do we do things differently? How, how do we not, how, I suppose, how do we get out there and promote an album without being able to play shows? Are we going to have to try and do things differently? Are we going to have to try and think outside the normal bubble that's been around us for years uh, dude I, I literally just said yes to everything like that was the, there was a desperation yeah that i felt that that was maybe i was probably overcompensating because you know like i, I don't have an expensive mortgage and my car's paid off and you know i don't have any kids like you know I, i'm gonna be fine you know what i mean but there was this fear, you know, we all had, I think, of of the fear of change and the fear of of something you were counting on to, you know, just to be gone was scary, you know. So it was like, OK, um, somebody calls me and wants me to sing on their record. I'm going to do it. You yeah. know, if, if somebody wants to to me to write a song for them, like I'm going to do it or or, you know, uh, birthday shout out videos or, you know, whatever, <laughs> like. I'll, I'm just saying yes to everything, you know. Uh, I'm learning about cryptocurrency and NFTs, and and uh, I'm on Twitch. You know, there's just like I was probably busier, busier than I had ever been, and I was home. So you know, it was it was definitely like a crazy adjustment, but I think it was never it never felt like all that great. You know, it always felt like I was doing this more like work. It felt more like work, yeah. Whereas my life doesn't really ever feel like work. Typically, like going on show, going on tour, and playing shows and making records, like I wouldn't call that work. It's you what know, you it's do, just, isn't it? It's what I do, and it doesn't. And I enjoy it, so it doesn't feel like like stressful or laborious, or or, or it it doesn't give me anxiety the way that some of this other extraneous stuff did. So I think that that maybe taught me a little bit about myself and, and kind of what, um, you know, what is good for me and what isn't, you know, if that makes any sense. So did Misery Made Me start during lockdown? Was it over the last couple of years that you started putting pen to paper yep. and thinking, well, let's use this time. If we're not able to go out and do what we do, should we just actually focus on writing the next album, even though we haven't had a chance to properly promote the last one? Well, you'd think so, right? I mean, yeah. and, and in like, and in, in realistic or not realistic terms in like, uh, I don't know the word for it, but like if, if everything is, you know, perfect logically, you'd say, okay, yeah, 
right? Let's do that then. Okay, we can't tour. Well, let's let's make an album, you know? Well, that's easier said than done. And we came home a week after, you know, the record, the last record had come out. And there was no, we didn't have it in us. We couldn't just start, you know, as you say, putting pen to paper. Like, I mean, the ink was, the ink could run dry, man. Like, yeah. we, we didn't have, we didn't have that, that drive to create at all musically or lyrically or anything. And that took a long time to come back. So, you know, through 2020, we did, you know, all those live streams and stuff. That was all great, but it wasn't really until pretty much the very end of 2020 that we were able to muster out one song, which was bankrupt, you know, a song that was not even really a personal song it was more of a, a a political kind of statement about the way the financial world was going at that time and well still is um and then you know that was the first our first foray back into the creative process so it wasn't until we were, we were getting into 2021 um a couple even a couple months in that it was like okay now maybe like we can come up with some stuff, some write some stuff and, and, and feel good about expressing ourselves and our feelings of what, what we've gone through. Um, and that's what happened. So we recorded the record in the summer, uh, late summer. I think we finished the album of last year. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, the record is a pandemic record, you know, it was written and recorded in the, in the midst of, uh, of the you know lockdown in a weird way and it's not to be celebrated but do you think that's what made the album what it is because for me right now i know we're just sitting in may it's my album of the year i absolutely love it i think it's some of your best work oh, you've ever you, done man. truly thank you and uh everyone i know around me people that i'm going to see festivals with are all saying this album is fucking incredible like it's it's on another level and do you think it took Unfortunately, the circumstances around you to put you in that mindset to write on a, on a kind of different page than last time. Yes, I do. I do. hundred percent. Um, I, I don't, I can't answer that question any other way because that's 100% what happened. Um, this, we, we were set up we were put in this position and this is the record that we made. We had to make, we couldn't make a different record. And, there's songs on the last album, like a song like Just Say Yes, which is kind of a love song. It's a poppy yeah. love love song that's like, I, I think it's a great song. There's no fucking way we could have written a song like that on this album. There's just no way. There's no, no. there was no love. There was no, no cuteness to, no. to be found on this album. You know, there's no, there was no real even sweetness it was all a product of darkness frustration anxiety um and you know the only the only peace that we had was the acceptance that this is the way it is now and that's something we touch on on the record is the you know i could find my peace and misery is the last the last lyric on the album you know that's that's the only thing was this acceptance that, okay, well, we're all fucked. You know, there's not a lot of, a lot of, um, 
not not a ton of light at the end of the tunnel and not a ton of celebration of life going on in these songs um unfortunately however you know i think that that gave gave the record a lot of um relatability to people because we all went through it no matter yeah. where you're from in england or canada or or anywhere else you went through some hard hard times um we all did so i think it's i think it's an important record and i i do think it's better than the last one and i think it's it says a lot more than the last record does too because it's written from a place of i don't want to say more realness because the last record is also but i think once we dove into this record and we we gave our gave ourselves a little bit of time for the emotions to for us to understand our own emotions, our own feelings, that's when we were able to write some of the best songs of our career. Every emotion's truly authentic, isn't it? Because you've lived it. Um, you've been there and it must feel a bit mm -hmm. of a collective thing because everyone around you has experienced what you've experienced. It's not like you're writing about an ex-girlfriend that cheated on you because not everyone yes. can relate, but everyone can relate yes. to this album because they've gone through the same emotions on the same page at the same time. Yes, and also there's a certain amount of of I am speaking for a lot of different people. Yeah. So I, I need to almost be more honest, whereas it's like if you're writing a song, especially if you're writing a song that's more like a story, well, does it need to be true, right? Does it need to be real yeah, accurate or could it, be, can it be a work of fiction because no one's going to know the real story? Like can I exaggerate things where it's like with this – if I'm saying something, the more honest and real I am, I think the more it's going to connect with people. And there was no point really in this, during this time where we really felt like we had to exaggerate anything because it was pretty, pretty bad, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's a good point, man. Um, for sure is, is just that, that this record is, is insanely, insanely real to us and to everybody and you know i think there was a fear when we were putting together this album and and even putting together like the you know the the, the statement about what the record's about the, the press yeah. behind it and the okay what's the one sheet say you know what's the bio all that all that shit and it was like well are we gonna just say it's not about the pandemic and COVID and our experience, are we really going to just, because like, because people are tired of it or there's COVID fatigue or whatever. It's like, no, we're not. Cause it's yeah. not, because that's the truth. And we all live this. And what you think all of a sudden, because the masks are off, there isn't trauma. People lost, lost people. You know yeah. what I mean? People fucking died. People died to COVID. People died to suicide. A lot of people, we lost, we lost Trevor Strand of Black Dahlia murder yesterday. Literally yesterday. And it's yeah. looking, it's looking like he took his own life. I, I don't know that. It's just, it seems like that's what happened. And this is, we're going to say this is not a direct result of what we've been dealing with for the last two years. I don't know if it is or not. I, I don't, I've met Trevor. I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't know him that well, but there is definitely a, a real effect on this. So 
you know, to, to say like, oh, people are tired of COVID. Don't talk about COVID anymore. Well, fuck that. I mean, we, this is what, what this record's about. And um, that's what, you know, I know it takes nine months to get vinyl made. So that's why the, the record is coming out now and not, you know, six months ago. But, you know, that's um, the, the record is about that. And, and there's really no other way to, uh, to talk about it without bringing it up. Has it been strange? Because when you go and see a band, they'll always test the water with new songs in the set. So they'll always play the hits, they'll play the singles that people want to hear, but you can throw in the set a new song. You haven't been able to do this with this because you've obviously been restricted from playing over the last two years. So has it felt quite adventurous that when you play these songs, they'll already be out there? You haven't had a chance to kind of go, hey guys, what do you think to this riff and this new song? You've just had to go there and go, I hope it's fucking right and I hope people are going to love it and the first time they hear it they'll already have it on Spotify or vinyl and they'll know the song instead of it being exclusively new at a, a random gig to throw in a set list. Right. Yeah, you know, it's funny though because we actually did play It's Over live before it came out on, on last fall. We were able to do... Did uh, it just about work out with times, did it, that you got to still do it? It did and it, what was really cool about it was the so the tour started in um, right at the beginning of November, and we put out it's over, and um, um, about we were about a week into the tour, maybe ten days into the tour, so we were playing it every night, and we were filming it, uh, and we were able to make our video of us playing the song live, um, nice. because you know it had, so that was actually kind of something we thought would be cool for the fans to to be able to actually hear the song live first um because that never really happens anymore just like you said yeah so that was that was pretty cool but yeah it's gonna be it's you know it's it's obviously man it's tricky when you've been a band as long as we have and you've put out as much music as we have you know 10 records especially when like you know we're playing slam dunk beginning how of june cool like i don't know how long be? our set is it's gonna be awesome but man i don't know like if we have to play, I don't know if we're playing for 30, 40, 45 minutes. I have no idea how long we're playing. I haven't seen the schedule, but whatever it is, it's very difficult to, uh, to pick a set list of songs. It's very, very difficult, you know, to have to, you know, like you said, everyone's freaking out about this album. Well, we got to play some new songs, but of course we got to play, you know, some of the, some of the hits too. So it's really, really tough. Do you kind of have a new appreciation or respect or kind of a different mindset of not taking things for granted anymore? Because I've had a few bands on like Thrice and other bands recently that have said you kind of were getting in this thing of touring and doing the gigging and, you know, being in a band. But when it's taken away from you, you actually really get a moment to stop and appreciate just how lucky you are to be in that position or just how much it means to you because no band has ever had to kind of put everything on hold for like a two year hiatus because of COVID. So does it make you have a new valued appreciation for every show that you can now do? You know, I think the easy answer is yes, but I, 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 to be completely honest, I never take this shit for granted. No. And, and every single day that I wake up and I realize like, I don't have to go to work. I have to, you know, like if the hardest thing of my day is talking to you, 
You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or writing to a couple fans on social media and saying like, thank you for listening to our, our music or, or whatever. Like if that's the worst part of my day, like, come on, man. That's pretty cool. I, I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't worked, you know, a quote unquote real job in 20 years, man. So, 20 years. you know, wow. for me, for me to be able to do this as my, as like for a living. And like we said, or like I said to you earlier, like, you know, um, touring and writing and recording records and stuff that doesn't feel like work to me. So, um, I, I never, I never take it for granted ever. I, I, uh, I love it. And I think that that's why part of why maybe Silverstein, we've, we've worked so hard yeah. to make our records, like every single record, we want it to be awesome. We want it to be better than the last record. And we don't just say that we push ourselves for that. You know, we, we write, we write and we write and we write until the songs are sick and we record them until they sound sick. And we, you know, and we, we put so much work into every little thing. We never take any of that for granted. So, you know, I think that that's something that we need to do, um, you know, just to be at our best. And uh, yeah, I don't, you know, every show I'm, I'm, I push myself to be the best I can performing wise and, and try to treat everybody with love and respect and, you know, and all that stuff too. So I think that that's something that I, I have not got sick of, man. I have not got sick of it. And it was scary when it was taken away, but I never felt like I took it for granted. That's for sure. Is that why you think you're still going as strong as you are now? Because you have that love for it. I've been and seen bands like system of a down, where I'm like, they're not doing this because they want to do it anymore. They're doing it because they want to pay a bill or they've got, I don't know, I'm not dissing them because I have a respect for them. But when I went to see them, it felt like they were just getting through the songs. It wasn't like, I could. it's quite transparent for a person in the audience to watch a band and know if they're really sincere in that moment. When I've seen you guys play, I know it's because you're playing your hearts out. You fucking want to be there. You're loving it and you're grateful and you really, truly value it. Oh, for sure. Do you yeah, think that's absolutely. why you guys are still going strong now? Because you still have that. You still want the next album probably that's following this one to top it even more. You're not just like, oh, fuck it. We'll just be ourselves and play the same songs and just ride that right. out for five years. No, no, definitely not. Um, No, a hundred percent, man. You're, you're completely right. And it is going to be hard to top this record. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome, dude. I'm thinking, awesome. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about that now. I'm like, oh man, this this might be a hard one to top. But we're gonna try, and we're gonna take the steps necessary to do that. And and I know that already. I mean, we're not. Don't get me wrong. That's this is not even a thought in my mind, um, because it's we're not we're not there yet. We're not there mentally. We're right now. We're excited about this new album. A lot of people are excited about it, and it's going to be like, okay, the next step is. What's what? Which of these songs are going to perform and and all that stuff, you know? But um, but to answer your question, man, um, which was now I'm now I'm losing my. I think it's just I think it's just the fact that how you guys and why you guys are still going as strong because you know there's bands out there that you know Frice, Deftones, Incubus, they've done twenty years and they're still hungry, and you're one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's times like I'll step on stage and, you know, it's like, maybe it doesn't sound that good that night, you know, or something's wrong with my, my mix or whatever. And like, there's always going to be 
shows that are better than other shows, but any show is better than no show. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I mean, the fact that I'm on stage and there's people that are watching me perform is like, it's not lost on me, man. It's incredible. And it's not something I ever thought as a kid, I would be able to do for, for a job or whatever. And at the age of I'm 41 now, you know, so like it's, it's, it's pretty amazing, man. So no, I, I'm, I mean, I know there are bands that get complacent. I know there are bands that don't get along. Um, I know there are bands that are really just over what they're, what they do or what they're doing. And they're have way more, they're way more passionate about other things in their lives. And I mean, you know, I, I understand that that can happen with anything, you know, but for us, we're pretty damn passionate about what we do and, and we do, and we do, uh, we do really care. And I think that that maybe is part of what sets us apart and why our records are, are trending upwards rather yeah. than, uh, than getting worse and worse and worse. Like some bands tends to happen, you know? And has there ever been a moment that you felt that candlelight start to flicker and go out slightly, or are you always ambitious and looking for, you seem like talking to you, I've spoken to you twice now. Yeah. You seem like you just fucking love it and you're hungry and already you're setting your, you know, yourself to try and top this album. So I don't think so. But yeah. has there ever been a moment when you thought, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I, I might just go and start directing music videos or produce other bands or just do something different. Or are you just like, this is all I'm going right. to do. I've done 20 years. No, I'm going to do another 20 years. I'm going to be like Tool. I'm going to do it when I'm 60 and 70. I'm going to still be playing and fucking <laughs> rocking out. Yeah, man. No, I don't know if we are going to be the emo Rolling Stones. Uh, I don't. I don't know about that. But honestly, man, um, the times that I have struggled with it, you know, if it's um, you know, like there's there, and there has been times when I've felt like a bit conflicted, maybe in in um, in like where am I going? What am I doing? I've been doing the same thing for so long, but those are reflective in in myself and of my own personal life and my own you know issues and things that i've had not they're not reflective in in music and silverstein and the band and and how much i love it you know there there's been times when i've gone through you know like relationships crumbling uh you know i, I spoke pretty um candidly about 2016 being a really really hard year for me and how how I didn't know if I was going to make it through that year, um, you know, personally, and I didn't know what was going to happen with the band because I felt so out of sorts. And it was the band that brought me back from that. It was it was dead the Dead Reflection album, and being able to write and being able to to you know, write songs like like Retrograde and and Aquamarine, um, and, and putting those songs out that really saved me man yeah i and i think i learned a lot from that time because i was i don't want to be so dramatic as to say i was ready to throw it all away but um maybe you know like maybe i was and if if some things didn't didn't turn around for me at the right moments and if dead reflection didn't wasn't a great outlet for me to sort of figure my shit out then um then i don't know so you know, there's been times in my life where I've just been in a dark place and I've, you know, it's like, I think it's human nature to be like, well, 
fuck everything and like yeah. change every single thing that you're doing. Maybe that'll make me happy. And you know, changing changing everything in my life would be changing my my musical career, right? And that's and and so there's been those thoughts in my head, but then I come back down to earth and I realize, okay, this is not this is this is not a direct re- result or related to you know to Silverstein or, or what I do in Silverstein. This is like my own shit that I got to sort out, you know. So there's been times over the years here and there where I've like questioned it and every single time it's come back and it's been better and I've been more more confident in the fact that Silverstein is my life's work yeah it's my baby you know um it, it's my love it's what I love to do and, and it's going to be my legacy so um you know I want to uh I want to focus on on that, you know. And now you've got the task of trying to top for me your best album. So good luck with that. <laughs> well, hey, um, you know, I mean, a lot of people said we couldn't top discovering the waterfront. You know, yeah. Um, well, a lot of people think we still have it, but you know, um, you know, and and did we maybe we didn't top discovering the waterfront with that next album, and you know, and and but you know, now I look back and I I don't even think discovering the waterfront is a top five album for us. I don't think it is. So, you know, we, we, um, we've just continued to push ourselves every single time. And I know we have a lot more to say. And I feel a confidence now from Misery Made Me that we are able to, the five of us, in, you know, when we get together and we've got bits and pieces of, so- of, a song, of songs and, and we're going to put them onto an album, that we can make an album as good as anybody. And that that's that's a really great confidence to have because um, I don't know, man, I, I don't think that you know, when I was younger, I was overly confident or, or I thought we were that good a band. You know, I, I looked at other bands and said, Oh, all those, all those bands are better than us. Now. I don't know if I feel that way. I feel like we, we really are um, making, making music that I think is sta- you know, can, can really stand up uh, to, to other things and, and, feels really great to be able to contribute to to all this amazing music coming out because I think in 2021 2022 it's been like this has been an incredible incredible period for new music it has every, every episode I feel like I'm sounding like I'm bullshitting my listeners because I'm like this is the album of the year and then suddenly another band come on I'm like this is the album of the year but that's not a bad position to be in when Every week, a band is now, because of two years of lockdown, has now been able yeah. to produce some of their finest work. The fact that now yeah. we have Slam Dunk again, we have Download Festival, we have Reading and Leeds coming up. We haven't had yeah. that for two years. So I'm like, I can't wait to go to Slam Dunk. And I believe that every performance from every band that day is going to be one of the best they've ever done because they haven't had it for two years. They're now allowed to go out there and do it again. Oh yeah, man. And it's going to be that, you know, it's cliche to say, but that, that energy from the crowd is going to feed, you know, feed those bands and, and vice versa. And it's going to be probably one of the greatest festivals the UK has ever seen. Um, and I know that sounds like hyperbole, but like, I really do believe it. Yeah, it's an insane too. lineup and people are so excited and, you know, and, and moving into the rest of Europe too, like, 
they've been so starved in mainland Europe and like, you know, Germany, like, I mean, that, that's a country that like, I mean, festivals in Germany, are you kidding me? Like, and they haven't had them. So there, it's going to be like a hell of a summer, um, for us coming over there. And we just, just cannot wait to, to, to rock man. And, uh, and it feels good too, because we've already done some stuff, you know, we've, we've done two tours over here. So we're not exactly going into it cold. So we feel like, okay, my pipes are, are warmed up, you know, our fingers are, are working and, you know, and we feel confident being on stage. So it's going to be nice to like go in and do all these shows and, and, and uh, and not going completely cold either. So it's, it's we're going to feel confident. And my final question is, I think you did this last time round, so it's going to be something different. But what I do is I try and make the episodes original as I can. Now, anyone that comes on the podcast, it doesn't matter if you're an actor, a director, a musician, you get to choose the outro song on the podcast. Um, it doesn't have to be one of cool. your own. It's nice that you get to choose someone else's music. Maybe it's a band you've listened mm-hmm. to recently or a band that you fell in love with. And it's a song that means a lot to you. But as a musician, I know it's hard because you're surrounded by music every day. But is there a song that means more to you than anything that after all this interview is edited and put out there for the world to listen to, it plays at the end of today's episode and you just know it's the perfect outro song for you? Wow, Mark, that is a tricky one. I love asking um, bands because they're like, "Fucking hell, I've got like ten in my head already." And then it, it's there's so many things I could say, um, you know. And then I'm part of me wants to like troll and just be like, "Yeah, like play the outro to Hey Jude." <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's just like I've had just people come on and do. Um, I had someone come on and do the outro to Bob Ross. Uh, the TV theme tune to like Ren and Stimpy, uh, just random shit, which I think people just like to surprise people. But what, what's the what's the one that ca- amazing? Yep. Uh, <laughs> but what's the one that, that came be, to your that heart? Would be, that would be funny. Um, man, the song that came to my heart is. I don't know, man. I, I have uh, Wonderwall. No, I, I, it is it is very, very difficult for me. Um, I listen to so much music and I love so much music. And, and I know that there's that the, there is the answer there. Um, but you know what I would actually think would be maybe cool to play would be um, our cover of uh, our cover of Smashing Pumpkins Disarm. And Amazing. we uh, we did this this song for a compilation called songs that saved my life. So it, it has a lot of meaning um, to begin with. And there's a reason we covered it. Um, and uh, I think it's a pretty cool, we did a pretty cool version of it. So uh, maybe, uh, maybe that's the one. Siamese dream is probably my top five albums of all time. Um, yeah. Melancholy is up there. I think Billy Corgan as a songwriter yeah. is, on another level um my probably my yeah. favorite song of all time might be 1979 uh there's something about it just i don't know it's smashing pumpkins are fucking yeah. incredible so to have the balls to try and take on their work and cover it is full respect to you no totally especially disarm you know being and disarm is one of my favorite songs of all time and for it to be 
you know, uh, it's a pretty sparse arrangement. You know, yeah. it's it's just kind of guitar with strings. Um, so for us to add in some drums and some distorted guitars, uh, I think that we we kind of pulled it off. We kind of kept the the original um, vibe, yeah. but we were able to make it our own. So I, I uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty proud of this one. Have you ever met Billy Corgan and said, hey, I covered one of your songs? I have never met Billy Corgan. I have never, I met James Eha once, very much in passing. Um, he didn't seem too interested in talking to me, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is okay, which is okay. Um, but no, I've never met Billy Corgan. I think, I, I don't know, it's like we sometimes never meet your idols and I'm like, if I met him and he's such a hero to me and he's if he doesn't want to talk to me or he's rude, I'd be like, oh, I'd rather just never know. I know, I know. Well, I don't know. I've heard I've heard different things about him, so I really don't know what you'd get, what you get, you know? Depends what day of the week it is, I reckon. Maybe, maybe. Awesome, dude. I really appreciate you coming back on the show. Honestly, I truly mean it and you can listen to all my other episodes. You're album right now as it stands is my album of the year it's unbelievable uh i've had it on spotify Let's for the go. last two weeks solid i fucking love it dude it's incredible and i can't wait to catch up with you at slam dunk it doesn't seem real when i say it out loud because we haven't had it but i, I can't wait and it's going to be worth the wait it's happening man um yeah it's very exciting mark thank you for having me back and, and all the kind words about the record that's for it to be i know there's been so many so many great um albums this year i do a weekly music show new music show myself um so i know uh all about them and for us to be put up there um or uh, the undisputed so far record yes. of the year uh, according to you seven months that's yet but incredible um that's incredible for you to say so so thanks again man so there it is. There's my interview with me and Shane from the incredible band Silverstein. And as you heard on today's episode, I really do mean it. Their brand new album is out now. It's called Misery Made Me and it's an absolute classic. I've loved it. I've had it on rotation for the last couple of weeks and it's not going to be going off anytime soon. It's so, so good. So please go and check it out. And if you've enjoyed it, let me know on one of my social media channels just how much you did. I love reading the feedback, so go on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and I promise to give you a reply. If you need the links, they're all on markandme.com and also on there is a link to my Patreon page. Each and every month, thanks to the amazing guys at Richer Sounds, I have some incredible prizes to give away. The reason I do a Patreon is because I need the support. That support that you give me via Patreon allows me to go out there and conduct more and more interviews for you guys at home. It doesn't come cheap and that's why I need the support but you can sign up on there for as little as £1 per month. For that, you're guaranteed at least two episodes a week, some incredible prizes, like I just said, from Richer Sounds, and a welcome badge, which is exclusive just to my Patreons. But not only that, I have some exclusive competitions that run all year round, and it's my way of saying thank you for supporting me. But I really need the support, so go on markandme.com and the links are on there. If you're listening to this right now, the band are playing this weekend at the Slam Dunk Festival in the UK. I'm going to be there and I can't wait. If you see me, come and say hi, buy me a beer, and hey, it'll be great to hang out. Please go and see Silver Scene's set because they're one of the best bands out there and I promise you'll enjoy it. And if not, go and check them out on Spotify. You will not regret it. I'll be back in only a few days' time with a brand new episode. So until then, look after yourself, take care, listen to Silver Scene, and I'll speak to you all very soon.
Smile!